0: Hello, this is David on the Mission Smart Podcast, and I've got two friends here that will, shall remain anonymous, but they uh, they live in, uh, shall we say, Central Asia, right?
1: hmm Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And y'all are teachers?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, they're teaching ESL, and uh, we have connected with them overseas as well as in our home. They've come to visit us. Mm-hmm. And Vicki and I really love these two friends, and they the more we get to know them, the more we learn about how they entered the country where they're living, and we're able to do a great job of developing community. That's why we're sort of calling this topic, How to Develop a Healthy, Strong Community, Um. And I guess the best reason to be asking them is they they went in, similar to the way Vicky and I did, without any formal organizational, what did we say, affiliation? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, right. how long have y'all been living in it's, this country? i uh,
1: been about six years.
0: Six years? Yeah,
1: we came together. We've been living together, working in the same place together. Uh, so that was good for us. We had each other. That's right. And Yeah.
0: And... You've been teaching English on a university level, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you came in immediately with a job.
1: Yeah, and that's what uh, actually brought us there. We came in on work visas, and that's what's, what we've been doing ever since. Mm-hmm. So we got the jobs, and then we kind of built uh, like our ideas about community around that. Like, we're going to be in this place. Let's look at our options, see what's there, and try to connect with people that are already there.
0: So that that right there alone probably gave you an advantage as opposed to coming with people who weren't, who from the outside, you already came in to work at a local institution. Tell mm-hmm. us how do you think that helped.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I can see it, how beneficial it is even now when people ask, you know, why did you come here? Uh, what do you do here? Uh, and I can say I came for the job and they're like, oh, okay. No other questions after that. Yeah. And for me, that was kind of a confirmation that we were in the right place. Like, even if it didn't look like the right place at the beginning, like that was the door that was open. The other doors were closed. And we said, "Okay, we're established here professionally, legally. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can work on the community and other parts as we go.
0: And you all actually have masters in teaching English. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that also boasted your confidence to say this is who we are.
1: Right. Even if we're in our home country, we would be doing the same job. Exactly. So
0: so having that job meant you also had, in a sense, an identity there with those, even in your neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you also had, immediately, you had colleagues. Mm-hmm. And so was that some of your first...
1: Yeah. Um, some of our, our first people that we knew, of course, were coworkers, bosses. Uh, But then I think our first Sunday there, we uh, attended the church there. And so from church, we met other uh, foreigners and nationals. And so right from the first week, we had people there. Yeah, so it was interesting, like we did have our work relationships, but those were a little bit harder to build than we expected. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, when we went to church, like we kind of had these more open relationships. These were people, uh, foreigners, internationals right. who were also going through the cultural shift. So yeah. we get ideas from them and then also, you know, ideas from the workplace. And so.
0: So your city has uh, had an international church. Yeah. So you're getting people from all over the world. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that already is an advantage. So you've got the identity of I'm an English teacher, and so the locals know why you're here. So that's helpful. But then you also needed, I guess you could say, like-minded Christians that were there. And so were these, tell us about the international church population. Who, Who were all these people?
1: Yeah, I think um, we could say everyone there was uh, at least claimed to be a believer and an English speaker. So that's what we had in common. There are people from our home country, uh, people from other English-speaking countries, um, and a lot of different things were going on for them. I mean, some people were like us working, other people were there doing full-time ministry, other people were students, Uh, others were diplomats, and then we had some refugees, uh so I think what brought us all together was our faith and then also our language that we shared and there were some other language services at the church that we've joined uh the longer we've been there but uh mm-hmm. the English speaking community was really good for us especially when we got there
0: That makes sense. I mean you're foreigners so like you said everything's foreign when you get there. You remember coming out of your probably apartments the first time just knowing you're not at home and mm-hmm. knowing the language the sounds the smells are all so different so um having obviously a christian community was helpful but you didn't have a you didn't have an established team mm-hmm. so tell us you know somebody would say wait a minute y'all entered with a job who did you know there did you know a couple of people
1: um actually we found our jobs through like a professional organization so we didn't even have a personal contact there uh but because we had contacted the church we knew some people uh with with the church and yeah. we had some believing friends in our home country that said hey you guys are thinking about moving to this city and this place uh we know some people who know some people here's their okay. email so we did get a connect with people before we arrived and then once we arrived, we ran across them and we found them and they actually connected with us and helped us with some things.
0: So before you left, I mean, what was that like with people saying, wait a minute, um, the whole idea of not having a clear mission organization. Um, I know that we went through a lot of questions with that, sounding as if we were sort of getting on some flimsy raft, um, but you, how did you get through that?
1: Yeah, I think it helps because um as we were, were preparing professionally, we were in grad school, we had um kind of mentors, coworkers who were believers uh that kind of gave us advice uh and we looked at some organizations we thought about going uh quote unquote independent as some people call it yeah. uh and uh one of our good friends she said you know a lot of people in our profession do both and i think it's uh maybe scarier in some ways to go independent but it can be done and you can do it and so we had people like you said questioning us uh like Where's your community? How are you going to survive? But then we had other people on the other side saying, like, I've done this. You can do it. Maybe Mm. it seems scarier, but here's what you need to think about. So it was good kind of balance. Yeah, I think our uh, professional background, like in our home country, with all those secular mentors at our secular job, secular grad school program, really showed us that people do survive abroad uh, with their profession. And then we had people, you know, from our church back home saying like, you're real professionals and this is a tool you're going to be able to use to like really help people and, you know, serve people. And uh, so we did get some questions, you know, why aren't you with an organization? Are you sure this is a good idea? But then uh, we had other people in our lives who had gone with organizations and they said like, look, you're not like signing anything in blood. Like you can try going, you know, independently. And if it doesn't work, you can just come back and join an organization. And that was pretty freeing for me. Mm -hmm.
0: But I think you're right. Having that profession and knowing who you are, I'm an English teacher. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's if you don't really have a profession or a job and you're the only hat you think you're wearing is missionary. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, well, then who in the world there is going to be able to help me except fellow missionaries. And so that's the idea of a team. But if you already have in your mind, wait a minute, if I work for, you know, um, you know, Ford Motor Company, Mm -hmm. okay, then no one thinks, so who are you going with? Well, I'm a manager, I've been managing, and now I'm going to go over there with Ford. Yeah, that helps you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what we're always trying to talk about when we say, you know, take your job with you. It's difficult for people to make that paradigm shift that somehow, yes, but you're, aren't you going alone? How did you deal with the fact that I get, you know, that you're going, I guess people, you use the word independent. And of course, Vicki and I always laughed and said, we're never independent. (laughs) Um, First of all, the Lord's going before us. But second of all, his people are everywhere. But how did, how did you work that through personally? You knew you had a job and you said, we can always get out of this. We got a couple of names, but just, knowing what you needed socially and spiritually how did
1: Yeah well I think uh before we left you know even though we were with an organization or anything we had a lot of friends in our church and in our Christian community praying for us and we asked them specifically pray that we find community pray that we you know find a church that's good for us and then uh when we got to our new country like we had some it was really cool. Just like we had some friends that were like, hey, uh, you need friends. Well, we had people we knew, connections, and they said, you can get plugged in here, try it. And we did. And um, when we did, I just felt like it was right. And So you um, weren't completely in the dark. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think when Vicky and I went out, it was really hard to be in touch with other people there. that were Christians or what was going on. So there was a sense in which we had to tell them, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We guess God's people are everywhere. Everywhere we've been, they're there. Right. Obviously, we didn't have social media. We didn't have texting and internet to be able to link with people. And it was all very quiet and hush-hush. But I think it was so funny. We probably found the Christian community as fast as you did just because that's who, that's who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you find one Christian, you're going to find the others because that... That's kind of the nature of the, the body of Christ, right? Yeah. We know we're we're supposed to be together and we're going to work together. Okay. What about the question of you're not going with an organization. So let's see, what would be the, what's your, do you think people challenged your plan or your ministry a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think uh, to a certain extent they did, but um, because yeah, we'd been teaching English, we'd been working with people from different countries Uh, And we'd seen people, I don't know what I'd say, use different strategies. Like They're like, this is our plan, this is our strategy. And um, to me, sometimes it just felt fake. And so I felt like...
0: Institutional structure. Yeah,
1: I felt kind of... I mean, not to say that's always true, but I just felt like with the country we're going to, the population we're working with... I think we're just going to do our jobs and, you know, just let him lead us. I don't want to have an agenda. I don't want this to seem like forced or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually, uh, we were working before we came to our country, our new country, we were working as... teachers in our university in our home country. And we had, it was a secular place, secular job, and we had uh, Christian coworkers and supervisors and they said, uh, we're going to teach you how to do your job in a secular place, but also how to serve the Lord as you do that. Wow. And when they said that, it was kind of like, well, I can do this anywhere. And so uh, through working in our secular job with them for a few years, they kind of coached us and they Mm -hmm. said, like, when you go to your new country, especially you know, the country where you are, you're gonna to need to be authentic and like be what you say you are. <laughs> That's, and, <real>. yeah. <laughs> so,
0: That's helpful.
1: Yeah. But I think also our coworkers really helped us understand, um I mean, it wasn't a it was a secular uh place, so it wasn't about Christians but even as people on the personal level we were really different and we had to learn to work together. So I think that was a good lesson for us now overseas, like We're all believers in this church, but we're different, but we have to work together. So I think that was a really good preparation.
0: Because it's a secular institution here in the United States. So you had to learn, I've got to go into the classroom and teach English, okay? Um, And I can't be any more direct than I would in any other place yet. And so that was sort of pre-field training for you how to just be a believer and do what you're doing. Right. Um, I think... I think people struggle with, what are you going to do? And uh, we used to always say the same thing we've been doing here. Mm-hmm. We're just going to take this to another place. So then they were like, oh, then are you really a missionary? And I'm like, can you not use that word? <laughs> and so, yeah. Have, did you ever address any of that? Like, oh, are y'all missionaries? And then you're like, yeah. But aren't you?
1: I, I think in a sense, <laughs> um, every all believers are or missionaries, I mean that's the the command we have in the Great Commission. Um, I think it's hard that to use that word because in the a lot of people's eyes around the world it's something manipulate mani, mani, I can't manipulative. Yeah, manipulative. Yeah, manipulative or bad. Uh so I think yeah, sometimes it's better just to be who you are and to be open about uh, Christ but, you know, just be normal. Be real. Do yeah, your job and live out your life. We had a friend uh, working in another country in Central Asia. And she said, um, you know, it's like you never come out of your box like you're an English teacher. That's who you are. No exceptions. That's true about you. You don't have to have a platform or whatever. Just, you know, you don't you don't have to change. You can be the same like wherever you are. So that was, that was a good encouragement for us. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I remember uh, like growing up, like we didn't come from a church family and so when we became believers we started going to church I always felt like the titles were something I could never like obtain or attain Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i remember at a like a summer camp i heard a message about the great commission and i don't know if this is accurate or not but they said like the verb like go and preach to all creation is literally like as you go like Mm -hmm. you know as you're living your life as you're doing your job like that's how you're gonna run into people and have like life on life uh, experiences so i feel like that's really like if you look in, in my life and the people that shared with me, like they were just, you know, ordinary people. Like I didn't think about their titles. Uh, I just right. learned from their life, you know.
0: And I think that that's very, I think that's one of the things we try to teach and explain both in our book and on this podcast is that whenever you think of something, let's go do missions, I'm going to become a missionary, you're already. Well, you're adding a lot of pressure on yourself and yeah. the person you're sending as well, that somehow, whatever, I'm not doing it here. I'm going to go over and do missions. And isn't that the same as when we say, hey, do you want to go do evangelism? You know, I want to go do it here between three and five o'clock. Then you're right. We're missing that authentic living out your faith wherever you are. And so um, this is one thing we try to explain to people, you know, are you you should be taking what you're doing here with you, and therefore, I don't need to overstress you in saying how are you going to do mission work. Well, I hope you're living out missionally now. Yeah. Obviously, it's one thing we try to define missions a little bit though, and say we can- is that you are trying to cross. We think missions is really crossing cultural, religious, or linguistic barriers to proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, So in one sense, someone that is just living out their faith in their own country is just living out their faith missionally, we could say. But I would say the reason I would categorize you is involved in missions, both back at your home, where you were at Uh your home, as well as where you're going, is you're attempting to engage the nations Mm cross-culturally, cross you may not be doing it in their own language, but you are attempting them to cross a linguistic barrier because you remembered working with people here involved speaking to them in their second yeah. or third language. Uh-huh. And then you're also encountering another religious barrier. Mm-hmm. And, that, and and that's why we often tell people that when you're encountering, crossing those barriers, whether you're here, whether you're overseas, you're doing mm-hmm. mission work. Well, that's really helpful. So the job is key. Your identity was key. And then you had confidence that the Christian community was there. So you Mm -hmm. got involved in international church. There are places I know that when we went, there wasn't an international church, which is a real blessing to people, whether you're traveling through town, whether you're living there is just to be able to say, where are English speaking believers gathering? So we wish every city had one of those we actually just met some other believers who then introduced us to the rest and then there were parties and gatherings and prayer meetings and the rest is history. So we we formed our own, you know, monthly prayer meetings and then the women started to get together. for. So even if you don't have an international church,
1: uh-huh. if
0: y'all had not an international church, especially with cell phones today, you would have probably had some little group <laughs> yeah. texts going and right. gathering. Okay. And now
1: we have a lot of group texts going. Even That's right. You know.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, this is really good. Um, I I like, I like that the job and I like the Christian community. Um, anything else y'all want to talk on that? I've got another couple of questions, but I may want to save them for part two. Anything else you feel like really, um, helped you connect? It sounds like before you went, some of your mentors helped you already relax about it. Mm -hmm. So did you tell people as you were leaving anything about The word missionary, what did you do as you left?
1: Uh, We just told them, kind of like what we mentioned before, that in a lot of places in the world, uh, missionary, or the M word, has very negative connotations, and we actually had people from different countries sharing that with us, like, before we left. Mm-hmm. And so we just said, like, you know, we're moving abroad, we're going overseas, and this is who we are as professionals. And, of course, our heart is to share and to live out what we believe. But, you know, we don't want to be, like, labeled as this, especially, okay. like, in public written places, you know. And so we just tried to emphasize that we're, like, just trying to be authentic and trying to share our hearts. So you didn't
0: you didn't tell your church... Because you weren't needing support at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, we we just asked people to pray for us mm-hmm. um, and pray for the country where we were going, the people we'd be interacting with. And um, really, it was just our next step because we, fin- we had finished grad school. So this was the first big job out of grad school.
0: Do you think it helped you feel less pressure when you were able to say, don't put us on the wall or a map and... <laughs> Or that category. Yeah. Do you think personally, how did that help? I want you to respond to that.
1: I think it helped a lot. And even when we came back the first time, we had only been in our country for about six months. And then we came back home to visit. And people in our church were like, so what results do you have? What are you seeing? (laughs) And we're like, well, we're enjoying our jobs. Like, it's going well. We have favor with our, you know, coworkers and stuff. So just... Taking the pressure off ourselves by saying, like, we know we're supposed to be there. We don't know exactly how God's going to use us, but we're being obedient, taking the first step, and it's going well. So
0: That's good. So labels, taking that off. Also, you didn't have financial support.
1: Yeah. Actually, we had a mentor tell us um, she's one of the most... um, faithful women i know like she's been to all these different countries short-term long-term trips and she's like uh it's really important that you don't get caught up in wanting a title you know because she had just like made lunch for everybody in the church kitchen and then she came out and spoke to us so um yeah i think that took a lot of pressure off we didn't have to raise support financial support we didn't have to report to anyone unless it was like a, you know voluntary voluntarily
0: yeah, yeah you wanted prayer You want support, but you didn't want to be super special.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. And you didn't want also the financial would have put you in a place where, hey, give us a report. What are you doing? Yeah, right. So you could, that actually relaxed you a bit to say, let's develop a community, but no different than what we would be doing back here.
1: Yeah. Right? Uh
0: Somehow there's that idea when I get off the plane, we're going to have to do something I've never done. And you add learning a new language and a new environment. Plus, I've got people at home going, "Let's see something."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: didn't that change a lot? I know. I know. Probably that was one of the main motivations. Is I could I could just feel the pressure, of me personally, and Vicky, that somehow we were entering something so new, and they somehow there were new expectations, requirements, that I already knew life was going to be. Different and hard, and I didn't want it that on there as well.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely.
0: So, you've seen that in amongst other your other friends that are there as yeah, full time? Do you sometimes see their? A little bit pressure. Yeah,
1: I mean, just be, in basic, like just conversations, we'll just be, you know, talking about jobs, whatever, and they're like, oh well, I did this extra thing, and we had this extra meeting, and I had this thing I had to do, and it just like the way they talked about it, sounded a little stressful, and uh-huh. so uh, we kind of work. Yeah, we were back there thinking like, whoo, like sounds like a lot. <laughs> like not that it's not for other people, but just for us, like it's been a good, the best choice not to be with a group. So
0: I remember a fellow said to me when he was there in full time, when I told him I was an English teacher, he was like, "Well, wow, that's really cool that that's what you wanted to do. When you came here, I came here to share my faith, you know? And I said, can I punch you in the mouth? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what does that mean? And he, I guess he thought because he came with that title, with that goal, in his mind, or that he was doing it full-time, that somehow I was there only interested in people speaking Mm -hmm. English, and I said, I think you're missing the whole integrated idea of faith and ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that has obviously helped y'all personally, and I guess the people that you meet, that changes the way you interact with them. So that is actually where I want to go, but let's take a break, and let's come back with part two, okay? Okay. Okay. This has been really fun. I love This is so fun. And we didn't prompt you to say any of this. You're just living it. That's why we love you guys. Yeah,
1: well, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: We'll be right back.
1: Thanks for listening today. Feel free to email us with your questions to david at esionline.org. It's always encouraging to hear from our listeners how God is using this podcast.
0: Our ministry is called Equipping Servants International which exists to equip churches, organization, and individuals to reach the nations both at home and abroad. Our desire is to see people better equipped when they leave, be able to thrive and be effective on the field, and transition back home well. Our book is called Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, and it's available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle.
1: Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.